A good Monday morning to you. Millions of Americans on edge after two of the largest bank failures in U.S. history. Yeah, a race against time to avoid an even larger financial disaster. It's March the 13th. This is today. Crisis mode. Federal officials take emergency steps overnight to avert a run on the banks. We want to make sure that the troubles that exist at one bank don't create contagion. Uh, to others. Nervous investors anxious to access their money. President Biden addressing the nation this morning. We'll have everything you need to know. Here it comes. Millions along the East Coast in the path of the snow, rain and high winds from a dangerous nor'easter. Messy commutes, flooding and power outages. All major concerns this morning. While out west, even more rain and snow takes aim at California. We've got your full forecast. Almost everything. A near sweep at the Oscars for the sci-fi hit winning Best Picture, Director, and three of the top acting prizes. And ladies, don't let anybody tell you you are ever past your prime. Mom, I just want an Oscar. And my mother and my father were both nominated for Oscars in different categories. I just want an Oscar. Just ahead, the touching speeches, the biggest moments, and the fashions that have people talking. Building the case, an inside look at newly unsealed warrants in the Idaho College murders. Why investigators are turning to major companies like Apple and Amazon in the search for a motive. And what we're learning from new documents. Today, Monday, March 13th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Good to see you. Thank you for joining us. It's the Monday morning after the Oscars. Savannah's off. A little bleary, you? Yeah, a little I bleary. Up a little late. I know you did. I watched. I I thought it was so joyful. Yeah. Like I was so into watching these beautiful speeches. Yes. Jamie Lee Curtis yes. won. Yes. I mean, uh, that whole entire cast was amazing, weren't they? They were everything, yeah. anywhere, all at once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, clearly, I didn't see that one, but <laughs> apparently, everyone else did. We're going to have much more on the Oscars coming up because it was such a special evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are going to start this morning because all eyes on the opening bell after federal regulators worked overtime overnight to curb a pending financial crisis. Yeah, officials announcing a new plan to ease fears and prevent panic, saying all depositors at the failed Silicon Valley Bank in California will have access to all of their money at the start of business today. That news so far seeming to steady the overseas markets as we take a look at the U.S. futures on Wall Street right now. Lots of green on the screen. Investigators waiting to hear what President Biden will say when he delivers remarks about maintaining a resilient banking system later this morning. We're going to break everything you need to know down. We're going to start with NBC's Stephanie Goss. Hey, Steph, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning. That green is going to be welcome news for the federal government. In addition to saving Silicon Valley Bank, the federal plan will also support depositors at New York-based Signature Bank, which the government says has also been closed. It's a major step by the Treasury Department, Federal Reserve, and FDIC. It's aimed at shoring up the nation's banking system and preventing a possible financial panic. This morning, the federal government taking extraordinary new steps to avert a major banking crisis following the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. 
The government stating that it will ensure all of the California bank's customers will have full access to their deposits today. That includes 87% of deposits that are uninsured because they are above $250,000, the federal insurance limit. The government is also shoring up a second institution, New York-based Signature Bank, which has been closed, guaranteeing its customers will have access to their money. Signature is one of the leading banks for cryptocurrency companies. In a joint statement, the heads of the Treasury Department, Federal Reserve, and FDIC say the move is designed to protect the U.S. economy by strengthening public confidence in our banking system. The government says no losses will be borne by the taxpayer. President Biden tweeting overnight saying he's firmly committed to holding those responsible for this mess fully accountable. We want to make sure that the troubles that exist at one bank don't create contagion uh, to others. SVB was the nation's 16th biggest bank and the largest bank to fail since the financial crisis 15 years ago. Unlike 2008, when the government bailed out big banks to avert an economic meltdown, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is ruling out a federal bailout of SVB. Why did Silicon Valley Bank fail? As a top lender to many startup companies like Airbnb and Pinterest, the bank was hit hard by the recent downturn in tech stocks, with higher interest rates causing the bank's investments to lose value. As some clients began to withdraw deposits, SVB stunned investors last Wednesday, announcing it needed to raise more than $2 billion to shore up its balance sheet. That triggered a run on the bank, with customers withdrawing a staggering $42 billion in just 48 hours before regulators took control of SVB Friday. Among the bank's customers, small business owner Amanda Babcock, who says her livelihood is at stake. This is everything that we have saved. And overnight, the largest bank in Europe, HSBC, announced it is rescuing the U.K. subsidiary of Silicon Valley Bank, which comes as a relief to many tech companies abroad. The British government confirmed it helped to purchase the it helped the purchase go forward, adding that no British taxpayer money was involved and all customer deposits were protected. And that's the key, guys, protecting those deposits. Mm -hmm. All right, Steph, thank you so much. Uh, Let's get some perspective on all of this now from CNBC's Andrew Ross Sorkin. Andrew, uh, good morning to you. So, again, we're going to be hearing from President Biden in just a few hours. We saw the action overnight. How concerned, how worried should Americans be who are waking up this morning to this news? Hopefully uh, less worried than they would have been yesterday. The goal here with what we're going to hear from the president in just under an hour now and what uh, we've heard from the Treasury Department and Fed is to say, keep your money where it is, folks. It is now safe. The real worry over the weekend was not just that the Silicon Valley Bank was going to go under, but that smaller banks across the country could go under because people would take their money from it. We're living in an age of social media. This is uh, one of the first times that people can literally take their money on an app. And last week, one of the reasons the Silicon Valley Bank went under, in fact, was because there was some smoke, if you will, but somebody screamed fire in a crowded theater and everybody rushed for the exits. What what will this mean, Andrew, moving forward for for folks who do their banking at, at smaller banks like SVP? Well, hopefully uh, for the next year, at least, and that's what what the guarantee is, that no matter how much money you have at that bank, the FDIC guarantee used to be $250,000. But if you have more than that, you are guaranteed. You are fine. Effectively, they're providing a backstop, again, to effectively tell the public, don't move your money. And the reason for that is you don't want everybody taking their money and moving it all to some of the big banks like J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, uh, their brokers working over the weekend, uh, taking phone calls from 
you know, thousands of people saying, please open an account. But the goal is to prevent that from happening and try to keep these regional banks in business. Lastly, Andrew, there had been some comparisons made to what happened in this country in 2008. This, of course, the largest bank failure since 2008. Explain to people how this is so very different from what we saw in this country 15 years ago. So this is different. Um, first of all, those were investment banks. The other piece is that these bailouts, if you will, are not similar insofar as the banks are not staying in business. Um, at least uh, SVB and this bank signature bank, the executives are not keeping their jobs. That was another element of what happened uh, last time. But, you know, there are still concerns about what happens next. And it is going to likely be, I hate to say, a bumpy ride just hopefully one that looks very different from 2008. Hopefully, indeed, my friends. CNBC's Andrew Ross Sorkin. Andrew, thank you, sir. Let's turn now to the severe weather on both sides of the country. A powerful nor'easter expected to bring heavy snow, wind and rain to the northeast later today. Wind gusts could hit 60 miles an hour in some places. Now, meantime, 17 million people are under flood watches in California this morning with another atmospheric river expected to slam into the region tonight. Parts of the state still recovering from last week's flooding that displaced hundreds of residents and left thousands without power. This brings us to Miss Dylan Dreyer, who uh, is this the worst of it? Um, well, for here, no, because we still have to get into the snow and the wind. So it's just getting started and we're seeing mostly rain at this point. But you go farther north and that's where we have our winter storm warnings issued. And as the colder air surges in, that's where we're going to see heavy rain transition over to heavy snow. It is snowing right now through upstate New York and western Pennsylvania, through New York and New Jersey, Delaware, down into Maryland, eastern Virginia. That's where we have rain. This is just uh, taste of what's to come because this whole storm system is going to turn into a coastal storm wrapping in the cold air. We could see as much as 12 to 18 inches of snow in some parts of upstate New York. New York City is kind of right on the line. Boston sort of on the line too, although we should see higher amounts in Boston, about four to eight inches as compared to New York, where we'll see about a slushy inch of snow. And then you go into areas like Syracuse, Albany, Scranton. That's where we're looking at uh, at least over eight inches of snow. We're also looking at perhaps three to four inches of rain and coastal Coastal flooding uh, possible through Long Island, through parts of Connecticut. Winds could gust up to 45 to perhaps even as high as nearly 60 miles per hour across Cape Cod, out across Nantucket, too. And then just want to briefly mention on the West Coast, that's our next atmospheric river that's going to put all of that moisture in central California. Instead of uh, a foot of rain, though, this time around, we'll see about six inches and we'll get more details on that in a few minutes. Hold up. All right, Dylan, thank you so much. All right. Let us turn now to the 95th Academy Awards, of course. It was a star-studded night, and as we said, the evening was historic for everything, everywhere, all at once. Took home seven awards. NBC's Kaylee Hartung joins us now with the highlights. Girl, I know you had a late night. You look good this morning. (laughs) You're too sweet, Hoda. Sleep, it's overrated. Good morning to you all. The 95th Academy Awards had it all. Fame, fashion, and yeah, those up all night parties. There were also some firsts. I bet even Jamie Lee Curtis stayed up past her bedtime as the biggest winner of the night was unquestionably the film Everything Everywhere All at Once that not only won Best Picture, but swept most of the major acting categories too. Hollywood's biggest night did not disappoint. From the fashion, to the musical performances, to host Jimmy Kimmel crash landing onto the stage. But the biggest winner of the night, the quirky sci-fi film Everything Everywhere All at Once, which took home seven Oscars, including Best Picture and Best Director.
the inspirational Michelle Yeoh becoming the first Asian to win Best Actress in a leading role. For all the little boys and girls who look like me watching tonight, <laughs> this is a beacon of hope and possibilities. Her co-stars, Kiwi Kwan and Jamie Lee Curtis, sweeping the Best Supporting Actor category. I spent a year in a refugee camp, and somehow I ended up here on Hollywood's biggest stage. This is the American dream. I know it looks like I'm standing up here by myself, but I am not. I am hundreds of people. We just won an Oscar together. My mother and my father were both nominated for Oscars in different categories. I just won an Oscar. An emotional Brendan Fraser hooking the Best Actor Oscar for his role in The Whale. I started in this business 30 years ago, and things, they didn't come easily to me. I just want to say thank you for this acknowledgement. Also making history, the song Natu Natu from the movie RRR, which became the first Indian film song to win an Oscar. It beat out Super Bowl halftime star Rihanna, who was nominated for her first Oscar for the hit Lift Me Up from the Black Panther Wakanda Forever soundtrack. John Travolta also getting emotional as he paid tribute to his friend and late Grease co-star Olivia Newton-John while honoring those who died in the past year. They've touched our hearts, they've made us smile, and became dear friends who we will always remain hopelessly devoted to. As for last year's shocking Oscar slap involving Will Smith and Chris Rock, Oscar host Jimmy Kimmel made sure to put out a fair warning. We have strict policies in place. If anyone in this theater commits an act of violence at any point during the show, you will be awarded the Oscar for Best Actor (laughs) and permitted to give a 19-minute long speech. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel. And guys, another beautifully emotional moment came at the very end of the show. As Harrison Ford presented the Best Picture Award, reuniting on stage with his Indiana Jones co-star, Kiwi Kwan. Of course, he played Short Round in Temple of Doom. It was his very first movie role. So this was really a cool full circle moment for him. And that interaction pointed to the main message of the night. It's the power of the comeback story. All four winners in the acting categories have said at some point, they thought they were at the ends of their careers, only to come out of last night with the biggest award in Hollywood. So clearly, they are just getting started. And who doesn't love a comeback story? Yeah. Haley, amen. That is awesome. You were rooting for Kiwi Kwan no matter what. Oh, yeah. And you were rooting for Jamie Lee, yes. Michelle, you, all of them. It was brilliant. Brendan Fraser, wow. It, it was, and to your <sighs> point, though, I mean, just the vibe in the God. room last night. And it felt like humility, mm. all the great things. Mm. Uh, by the way, we're going to have a lot more on everything, the fashions and the rest coming up throughout the morning. Yes. Uh, right now, though, we are going to turn to politics for a moment. We're going to shift gears, talk about the 2024 presidential race. The battle for the Republican nomination heating up with Donald Trump holding a rally in Davenport, Iowa today, the same city just visited by his likely top rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. NBC's senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson joins us now. Hallie, good morning to you. 
Hey, Craig, good morning to you. So listen, this is an interesting moment for the former president. It's the first time we're going to see him in Iowa since he announced his run for the White House late last year. Mr. Trump is there officially to talk education policy, but it wouldn't be surprising if he leaned into some of those so-called culture war issues. He's also been on the attack against somebody you just mentioned, Ron DeSantis, who was just in Iowa himself in a couple cities there a few days ago. For his part, the Florida governor did not go after Donald Trump by name, but he did get in what sounded like a dig against the palace intrigue, the drama inside the Trump administration. So this is a real split screen moment for folks in Iowa who traditionally get to see a lot of all the Republican candidates since they're so early in the 2024 calendar, Craig. The Hawkeye State always quite popular with with politicians. Uh, this visit, though, Hallie, this Trump visit, it's coming on the heels of some some pretty interesting, if not heated comments from Mike Pence, not holding back about his former boss over the weekend. What did he say? No, not holding back at all, Craig. And in fact, it's probably the sharpest we've seen Mike Pence against Donald Trump yet on the topic of January 6th. And this condemnation is not coming in front of cameras or a public audience, but at a private dinner event here in Washington. He said, Mr. Trump's, I'm quoting here, reckless words endangered my family and everyone at the Capitol that day. He said, I know history will hold Donald Trump accountable. He also said about those on the right downplaying the attack, make no mistake about it. What happened that day was a disgrace and it mocks decency to portray it in any other way. Pence, of course, is widely expected to announce his own presidential run sometime in the next few months, Craig. All right. Our senior Washington correspondent, Hallie Jackson. Hallie, thank you. To an NBC News exclusive now, Lester Holt sitting down with British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, his first U.S. interview since taking office. And he voiced several concerns about the world's growing showdown with both Russia and China. Prime Minister, the U.S. is concerned that China may provide weapons to Russia with regard to the Ukraine war. If that were to happen, what should the response be? that would be a very worrying and dangerous development. And I think the the strong message that the UK, the US and all countries have said to China, but to any country, is is not to support Russia in this conflict. They are clearly an aggressor. They have broken the law. What they're doing is appalling. And, uh, you know, no other countries should be trying to support them. Would you support sanctions against China? Yeah, I think as with, with sanctions, it's always something that is best done coordinated with allies, because for sanctions to be effective, we have to do them together. The strong message I'd say to the international community is going to continue to isolate Russia because what they're doing is illegal. It's wrong and provide support to Ukraine quickly uh, because with that, they can really make um, a breakthrough in this war and bring this conflict to an end. And you can see Lester's exclusive conversation with the British prime minister coming up tonight on NBC Nightly News. 19 after the hour. Let's head over to Dylan, get a check of the weather. Hey, Dylan. Hey, Good Dylan. morning again, guys. We are waiting for that next western storm to make its way in later on tonight. It's chilly through the middle of the country. We've got a little light snow falling through New York and back through the Great Lakes. But that is going to turn into a bigger coastal storm as we go through the day. Rain already impacting the mid-Atlantic and will make its way to the northeast through the day today. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you so much. Still ahead, the Idaho College murders back in the spotlight. What we're learning this morning about warrants served to dozens of major companies from Amazon to Tinder as investigators are trying to pinpoint a motive in the case. Also ahead this morning, an urgent new travel warning just as spring break season heats up. Officials now urging Americans to steer clear of certain parts of Mexico amid a violent surge there. What vacationers, especially those who've already booked a trip, what those vacationers need to know. But first, this is Today on NBC.
When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's first-time nominee for Best Supporting Actress, Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, seriously, how great is this? I sold yogurt that made you poop, and now I'm nominated! Now, you have been refreshingly down-to-earth this whole award season. Who are you wearing tonight? Kirkland by Costco. Well, good luck and have fun tonight. Oh, no, I'm on my way home. It's way past mommy's bedtime. <laughs> lover, lover, back now, 7.30. That's SNL's uh, spin on the traditional Oscars red carpet. And the buildup to the award show from future winner, yeah. I love saying it, Jamie Lee Curtis. Chanel joins Good us. Good morning. Y'all, Good we, morning. we've been loving Jamie Lee for yes. this whole time. Guess what? 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 Guess what? What? She's going she's gonna to be with us live oh, tomorrow good. today. Good. We adore her, and what a yeah. moment it was for her and the oh, rest of her cast. Nice. Very, very, very cool. Her. All right, but we are going to begin this uh, half hour with new attention on a case we've been following very closely. Yeah, new search warrants in the murders of those four University of Idaho students are revealing the digital evidence that investigators are looking for as they build their case against the suspect. NBC's Gotti Schwartz has been following this case very closely, joins us now with more. Gotti, good morning. Hey, good morning, Craig. Yeah, these new court documents obtained by NBC News show warrants were served to dozens of employ, uh, dozens of companies in the connection to the Idaho murder case, including Apple, Google, Verizon, even Tinder. And for now, the content of those warrants is being redacted or sealed, but it is clear investigators are trying to find out exactly where Kohlberger went and what he was doing. New search warrants revealing dozens of major companies are being forced to turn over information in connection with the murder case against Brian Kohlberger. All right. Among those served, tech names like Apple, Amazon, Google, and DoorDash. Social media companies Meta, Snapchat, and Tinder. And retailers Walmart and K-Bar Knives. The brand of knife sheath found at the crime scene with a single source of male DNA linked to Koberger. But not all the warrants are focused on the suspect. Some are requesting bank and social media information about the victims. They're trying to find out if there is a hidden link that could explain a motive. They will never be forgotten. The four college students were found stabbed to death in an off-campus home last November. Authorities still haven't publicly released a motive, but alleged cell phone data shows Koberger stalked their house at least a dozen times before the killings and even went back to the crime scene hours after the murders. Experts say data from these warrants may help investigators piece together an even stronger digital footprint. They are going all in, if you will, gathering every single conceivable piece of evidence so that if any doubt is raised, they will be ready 
Meanwhile, we're also learning new details about what officials say Koberger was doing the moment he was arrested at his parents' house across the country in Pennsylvania. The 28-year-old wearing gloves while separating his trash. Mr. Koberger was found awake uh, in the kitchen area, uh, dressed in shorts and a shirt and wearing um, latex uh, medical-type gloves, and apparently was taking his personal trash and putting it into a separate Ziploc baggie. The Monroe County First District Attorney calling that behavior significant for the investigation. To me, that's incredibly damning. It shows a consciousness of guilt that he was making sure that his DNA did not end up in the trash. Other newly unsealed search warrants show what police did seize in Pennsylvania, including a gun and knife, black face masks and gloves, a cell phone, multiple laptops, and a book with underlining on page 118. Investigators also say they found a shovel in Kohlberger's Hyundai Elantra and seized parts from the car itself, from the headrests and the seatbelt to brake and gas pedals. Sure does seem like they have an awful lot of evidence, Scotty. Kohlberger's uh, preliminary hearing that's set for June. How do we know what these new search warrants could mean for that hearing? Well, at this point, the judge ordered them to stay sealed and redacted, saying that they contained highly intimate facts or statements or information that might threaten the safety or endanger the life or safety of individuals. Now, experts say that is likely to protect the prosecution's case, possibly prevent tainting a potential jury pool, given the, the national attention that this whole ordeal has received. Meanwhile, Brian Kohlberger's preliminary hearing, that's set for June. It could last an entire week, and he has not yet entered a plea but Kohlberger's uh, attorney said that he was eager to be exonerated. Great. All right, Gotti Schwartz for us this morning. Gotti, thank you. All right, still ahead, guys. If you're feeling groggy after the weekend, don't go anywhere because the time changed, the Oscars, everything else. We're going to bring in an expert to debunk some common myths about sleep so you can get some better rest. But first, new details on a travel warning. Thousands of people with spring break plans need to hear that and more right after this. We're back, 739 now, with In-Depth Today and this morning, an urgent new warning for spring breakers. Yeah, authorities are now urging Americans to avoid travel to Mexico due to an ongoing threat of violence there. NBC's Morgan Chesky is following that story for us. Morgan, good morning. Hey guys, good morning. It's that time of year where beaches everywhere are in high demand, but especially in Mexico, where the nightlife and the cities have combined to draw spring break travelers for decades. But now with a new warning from U.S. officials citing rising crime and kidnapping, many travelers are being forced to reconsider their fun in the sun entirely. This morning as spring break heats up and crowds start to head out for that idyllic beach getaway. Texas authorities are issuing an urgent warning against travel to Mexico. Because right now it is too dangerous. The latest State Department advisory also covering much of the country. Officials urging Americans to exercise increased caution in hotspots like Cancun and Cabo and reconsider travel in popular cities like Puerto Vallarta. A strict do not travel alert posted to six additional Mexican states, all due to an increased risk of crime and kidnapping, including a high level of drug cartel violence. Mexico, here we come. The warning comes after a deadly incident earlier this month when authorities say four Americans driving from South Carolina into Northeast Mexico were mistakenly targeted by cartel gunmen. Video showing their violent abduction after authorities say the cartel members opened fire. Two of the four longtime friends were killed. The remaining two survivors returning home just last week. 
Currently, more than 550 Americans are reported missing in Mexico. Authorities say two sisters and their friend are still nowhere to be found after they crossed the border more than two weeks ago from the small city of Pinitas, Texas, into northeast Mexico. Police say the three women were last headed to a flea market in a green pickup truck. Their family now suspects they were kidnapped. This is basically the first time I hear of a regular citizens going missing. Like I said, we've never had this issue before that I can remember. With so many increased safety risks in the area, authorities say it's important to be prepared and remain vigilant. If you do have plans to visit Mexico this spring break, experts suggest staying in a resort for added security. Share your mobile phone location with somebody at home and consider getting travel insurance in case of an emergency. Plus, make sure to sign up for the State Department's Smart Traveler Enrollment Program, which will keep you connected with the local embassy and up to date with the latest advisories. Morgan, with all these new travel alerts for Mexico, is there anything you can do if you want to rebook your trip? Yeah, Chanel, great question. Important to note that most airlines will not allow you to rebook simply because of this change in travel advisories. But a lot of major U.S. carriers have recently banded together to do away with change fees uh, for all tickets except those most basic economy options. So you still have a chance to maybe change your flight or get trip credit if you cancel right now. In the meantime, experts say if you are looking for a domestic alternative to Mexico, the beaches here in Florida and all along the Gulf Coast are most definitely open for business. Chanel. All right, Morgan, thank you. I love how Morgan turned that into a, a chamber of commerce. For Miami. He's right, Florida, right on point. Right. Right on point. <laughs> well done there. All right, Dylan, how about a check of the weather? Well, the beaches in California will be wet again. We have another big storm system making their way onshore, and this is going to uh, once again impact the western part of the state and into the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountain range. Flood watches are in effect up across California into Nevada, too. So far, we're just seeing some lighter rain, but that next atmosphere atmospheric river of moisture, that big push of moisture off the Pacific, will move in later on today into tonight across northwestern California. Then it will spread into the San Francisco and the Bay Area. Then eventually down to Los Angeles as we go into Tuesday night, where we will see some heavy rain. Now, last storm system last week, we ended up with about a foot of rain, 12 inches of rain in some areas in the foothills. This time around, we're looking at about three to seven inches of rain. Remember, though, this is falling on already saturated ground. So that's why flooding is certainly a concern. Down through Los Angeles, we could end up with about three to six inches, especially in the mountains and the foothills. Some areas could pick up closer to eight inches. Then you go up into the mountains where we could see about four feet of snow, but that's mostly above 7,000 feet. Rain and flooding, once again, the major concern with this next storm system. Thank you, Deke. Still ahead from the regal to wealth, the weird. We're breaking down the Oscars' most unforgettable fashions. 